welcome once again to another episode of the Wrist Cheese Radio Podcast, your home for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. I'm your host, Brodinky, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Schmidt. Schmitty, what's crappening? Not too much, my friend. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Just another week of work under the belt, cruising towards the slow season, which I am so stoked about. I know. Uh, I can I can feel it. <clears throat> I can feel it in your voice. And and I am I am also getting ready to slow down everything. It's been crazy. So here's to that, right? Yeah, I can definitely drink to that. <laughs> um, I got some cool stuff going on actually. You know, I told you about uh the watch annual not that long ago. I uh yes finally got that submission ironed out, so that's cool. I, I don't know when that's gonna come out, but the deadline is pretty much now. So it's gotta be that's soon. Amazing. Right? That's it's amazing. That's kind of neat. So so is it gonna be a surprise to all of us which meme you actually picked? Uh you know, it's hard because being in a a publication, obviously it, decidedly it can't be a negative meme right it's got to be something right just either an observation or something positive you have to highlight a watch for the for the year and then you also got to be a little touchy-feely about likenesses and branding and stuff like you don't know what the like i don't know what the rules are for what a a meme can and can't have like i know there's a lot of weird copyright rules and trademarks that you need to be careful with but like for example you know that meme of it's Will Smith and he's like holding his arms out and he's showing off his wife in the real picture. Yeah. But like everybody puts something funny in its place, like something yeah, yeah, really yeah. basic. Like that was a, a funny one, but I can't use that. It's got Will Smith in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh... I had to get a little creative, but I got one ironed out. And, uh, you know, it, it, I think it, it's good for a little tongue in cheek laugh. So I like that. I like yeah. that. Uh, aside from that, uh, Big weekend here in the city coming up soon, right? Watch time, wind up, Red Bar Global. Nice. I, nice. Uh, I wish I was there. I wish I was yeah, there. I may or may not be uh, talking on a panel, actually, at Red Bar Global, <laughs> which is pretty nuts. Okay. All so right. I got, I guess, tentatively invited to do that, so that's kind of neat. That's amazing. So for all you meetup people or anybody coming to New York that weekend, if you're heading to the red bar global meetup i guess i will see you there <laughs> <laughs> either on the panel or just in attendance right yeah one way or another i guess yeah and uh i've also been invited to contribute a quote for a pretty popular i guess it's an online magazine now but i i, I don't know if i could spill any details about that but it's it's gonna be cool it's a pretty pretty big one so i love it i love it got a lot of good stuff going on in dinky land Uh, Yeah, moving on to some news as far as we're concerned. This is last call for pink straps, folks. Super last call. Super last call. Not coming back. (laughs) (laughs) By the time this probably airs, they're probably going to be sold out. But uh... I'll put it to you this way. Strap Habit had 82 people on basically the the wait list. He had it on on the reminder email. He had 82 people on the, the restock email. Wow. And there's about probably that many straps left across all of the sizes. None of them are sold out yet, but you know, while supplies last, that's what's good. <laughs> that's insane. Absolutely insane. Yeah, it is. And this, so last call, get them 
while they're here, they're not coming back again. And uh, we have raised quite an amount of money. I know if you go to my page, you'll see there's probably, I think right now there's about 8,700 on there. Yeah. He has to still kick in somewhere in the like, I don't know, 9,000 range or something like that. So we are steadily approaching like a $20,000 milestone somehow, which is absolutely bonkers. We're going to need a bigger watch next year. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to hit somebody up. For <laughs> We're gonna need really a bigger big. watch next year. I don't know how I do this. I don't know if I can. I don't know. I don't know if I should just like retire on top or what. But I don't I know. Say let's. I just say let's just keep it rolling. Let's yeah. just roll it. We'll, so we'll, like like every year we just figure it out as we go. That's you know? what I've been doing. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what makes it fun. That's yeah, a little bit. Absolutely fun. A little bit. And uh, yes, yeah, but it's but it's for a good cause. So there is three weeks left on the Nomos. Uh, he did actually chip in a 20 millimeter strap to go along with that. So that's a fun little oh. prize. And we also okay. have uh, some runner up prizes too, like some uh, sweet, bright pink wrist cheese radio Yeti tumblers. If you're into that. Ooh, so, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I've also put together some some stickers and things. That'll be a, a fun little consolation for someone. <laughs> These will be limited edition. Once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. No. But uh, so, yeah, we got some cool stuff coming out and uh, get those straps while while they're still here. <laughs> I'm even selling them to coworkers now. I got people like, yeah, where'd you get that? I want one. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but it's, like it's like I told you today. I just like I broke down and bought another one. Like I didn't need one. but I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep pushing this number forward. So let's go. And for 25 bucks in this this hobby. Well, I technically bought two straps. It was like one, <laughs> one, one pink one, and then one for my for my other Seamaster. There you I'm go. Like, hey, yeah, there you go. Strap habits getting my business. All right, he's got a lot of people's business. If I could, be oh honest. yeah, he if is. I could be yeah, frank. Yeah, he is. <laughs> this right. this is a good investment for him. That's yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. He's got a nice big tax write off too, so that's great. <laughs> um, I guess we'll move on to some new stuff. Uh, so this week we got a. New Zodiac Super Sea Wolf. I feel like we get a new one every week somehow, but this one is uh, in collaboration with Warren and Wound. It's the quote unquote blueberry. It's nice. Some of you would call it, I guess, a Batman of sorts, but I also I wouldn't want to call it a Batman. So I, I applaud blueberry. I could live with that. Yeah. Yeah. Blueberries. <laughs> blueberries a lot better. Right. So uh, pretty standard Super Sea Wolf deal, kind of neat blue and black color scheme. Nothing out of the out of the ordinary, but uh, I guess it's sort of a follow up to the Aquamarine Dream. I think I'm more of an Aquamarine Dream kind of guy. Oh yeah, me too. That's a good one. I I saw one sitting in a retailer, not that long ago, and I was really contemplating how that conversation was going to go. That I came back with a watch, <laughs> and I was like, "Baby on the way, craziness with life." Yeah, probably not the best time. The answer is always this old thing <laughs> yeah. with no scratches or marks on it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've had this this whole time. You didn't know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that, that's a sick watch. The color is amazing. And I mean, the name is just phenomenal. Yeah. Aquamarine Dream. Super cool. Yeah. That's yeah. Whoever came up with that, kudos to you. Cause it's really, really good. But the blueberry is really nice. I like it a lot. Yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if I'm rushing out to get one, but uh, it's, it's nice. It's neat. No, I, I mean, I think for people that have been, you know, cause if you look at the other Zodiac GMTs, they're pretty sparse. I mean, you have a cool one. You have the 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 lime green, 
the lime green, right? Um, that's an amazing colorway. It's just so different. But like, if you're looking at more of the conservative vein for them, it's like what the steel bezel kind of version. I think. Yeah. Uh, I think the guy, one of the guys at uh, Watch Cringe, has one. Yes. It's got like the steel bezel. But I, I think this is cool. It's a nice little color pop. It's light blue, dark blue, um, kind of Batman-esque, but uh, I think it's cool. And on a blue suede strap, it looks like a little, uh, little funkier than I would have thought. Yeah. Cool. And, uh, you know, Pearson, if you're, you're doing collabs left and right, you know, the Super Seawolf Brodinky edition would be pretty yeah. tight. <laughs> or Super Seawolf... Uh, Real Men Wear Pink edition? It's going to have to wait till next year, my friend. I know, I know. Only so many weeks left. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Seiko has dropped three what appear to be Samurais. They're kind of a neat little... It's a titanium diver. It's ISO standard. Yeah, 6425. Yes. Uh, so SPB 349, 351, and 353. Yeah, they come in three colors. It's almost like a, an ice blue, like a moss green, and then like a turquoise. Yep, yep. Oh, Inspired. almost like, yeah, almost like the same three that they did for those Grand Seiko limited editions. It's almost the exact same three colors, to be honest. You know, you you, you speak more to Seiko than I do. I, I I think the watches are cool, not for me particularly, but uh, they're gonna sell. You know, they're gonna be nice watches. And I guess the the dial colors are inspired by cave diving. Is kind of what. Uh, yeah, I think but it's I've supposed surmised. to be like the, those low light blues and greens is sort of yeah, the idea. Yeah, yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, it's not my favorite model of a Seiko diver, but you know, again, it's in titanium. It's something a little different, not yeah. inexpensive, but I, I'm sure it's for somebody. Yeah, yeah definitely not inexpensive at fifteen hundred dollars. So, right, but uh, but it's cool. I mean, again, titanium, so that you're gonna also gonna have to pay for that material. Yep. Uh, tag dropped a limited edition with Porsche again. Ugh, don't <laughs> just don't. <laughs> We, we, <laughs> you started out so good. You started out so good. Yeah, limited womp and like Porsche and like, womp. and like and like Icarus. You flew too close to the sun. Too close to the sun. So they made one in both steel and in rose gold, and they're both kind of absurdly priced. But uh, yeah, they're the forty-two uh, millimeter type uh, Carreras, hundred meter resistance on it, which is pretty good for a chronograph, but. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's just to me, it's just not an attractive looking watch. No, it's very the all the white is kind of. Uh, I get it; it's supposed to match the car, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I understand it completely. Like I, and and the thing is, logically, I can see the design language one hundred percent. You know, the stripe with with uh, with Carrera down the side matching the profile of the case. It carries into the NATO strap. Like, I get it. But it just gets to that point where it could have been done in so much more of a subtle way that would have lent itself to be so much more sophisticated. It just, it seems to me kitschy. I get and a little bit of I like, uh, I get a little bit of like a kid's bicycle vibe from the colors. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I, di- I don't, I don't really know what I don't like about it. Because for me, I think if you took the NATO strap off of it and you had a bracelet, it probably wouldn't be so bad. You know, it would be much more monochromatic, almost like the new Zenit that just dropped. Yeah. It has kind of that same colorway pattern. And when I think about Porsche, I think about like sophisticated, like every man luxury, you know, like it's a 
it's a it's a driver's car you know like this to me almost seems like comical in a way yeah i get that so i don't know man i i really don't know how i feel about it and there's so many ways to do this it could have been executed and like the re- like the, the the red gold one it's on a red strap like such a hard thing to wear there's a lot of or chinese new year like i don't understand well that one's only 250 pieces and it's twenty four thousand dollars. so no worries <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not rushing out to get one. So I mean, hell, even the even the steel is seventy four hundred. Seventy four hundred. Yeah. Oh man, no, no, no. For that price, I'm buying a Moonwatch on Sapphire. Like, that's crazy. Seventy four hundred for real. I don't know. I don't. Set that's the price. that's uh. That's pretty steep. So eighty hour uh, power reserve or not, man, that's pretty steep. Yeah. But moving on to a watch that is rather affordable that I like very much, uh, Laco, a, a watch brand that oh, doesn't get yes. much shine, has yes. dropped the Scorpion, which is a neat little diver. It's rather black, and then it has accent colors in either orange, green, or blue, and they're pretty vibrant. So good. It's a 39-millimeter so watch, 13 thick for a 300-meter diver. That's not bad. No. Awesome package, and and they deserve every little bit of love that the internet has already given them, um, because this is just the it's a quintessential tool watch. Like if you were to look up the definition of a tool watch, this would be the picture that would be staring you back in the face. Thirty nine millimeter diver. I guess that's going to be the trend going forward since the since the Pelagos thirty nine has kind of started this. Yeah. Right, we're gonna start seeing the, thir- the the return of the thirty nine diver. It's gonna happen. I'm calling it now, and I think this Laco is certainly indicative of that. But in a completely opposite vein of the Laco or of the uh, the Tudor, the Laco is so much more playful with the colors. I love the orange. I love the blue. I love the lime green, and I love the fact that they come on like rubber natos in those matching color tones. Yeah. It looks like they're using the rubber from uh, probably Bonetto Centurini, if I'm not mistaken. That's kind of what it looks like. Uh, but great rubber NATO straps, great watches, and 39 millimeter, perfect for unisex size. So, guys, if you want to buy a watch and use it as an excuse, let your wife know she can wear it too, even though she probably never will. But hey, whatever's going to justify you getting it is great, right? Yeah, neat little package. They they didn't overdo it with the color. You got color on the tip of the second hand. The minute hand, the twelve o'clock index, six o'clock index, and then the gradations around the dive bezel a little bit, but not crazy. Like I feel like it's just the right amount of color that you can wear it on one of those kind of really bright straps and get away with it and not be like an eyesore. But I think it's a great little package. And I mean, the cool part about locket watches, I don't know if you know this, they allow you to opt for a movement upgrade too. What? When you buy it, like you can, this version comes with a basically a Laco version of a Salita 200 movement. That's the, okay. I don't know if you pronounce this Elaborate or what. Oh, yeah, Elaborate. So yeah. you have the option to upgrade to a top grade movement for a couple hundred bucks. Okay. I didn't know that. Kind of neat. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very cool. No, but and, I think it's a cool watch. Yeah, Very and cool and I was actually after getting sucked in by this, I was poking around on their site, and they have a Flieger Pro now, and I was like, well, let's see what this Pro stuff is about. But at least 
they literally, as soon as you click it, it says, why is this a pro watch? And it's got <laughs> like a list of stuff so that you're not black bay proing it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, I respect that they're trying to at least push this thing. But in that you can choose what movement you want. And I was like, oh, this is neat. You could choose what kind of case finish you want. Be blasted versus brushed. And it's very customizable. You can even opt for no um, lettering on the dial at all. No logo, nothing. So super sterile, traditional Flieger where there was nothing on it. You can opt for that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. They're willing to not even put their logo on the on the watch. That's to, that's to keep amazing. it OG. I was like, that's, that's that's pretty neat. That's and that's levels of customization that you know there's not that doesn't really exist in the industry at all. But it really is giving the consumer exactly what they're looking for in the watch that they're buying at a relatively attractive price point, mind you. Yeah most of their stuff comes in under a thousand bucks now they get a little bit almost like when you are like shopping for a computer where add this add this next thing you know yeah 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 you're at 1600 and you're like oh well that's that's a little pricey but like you're getting a badass watch for that much like you're getting all the bells and whistles (laughs) yeah this lime green one just keeps staring at me man and i like it a lot of the customizations don't cost anything which is pretty cool yeah that is cool that is very cool and on this one, yeah. you get, I don't know if it's better for better or for worse, but it looks like they put a lot of work into that Scorpion case pack. <laughs> I haven't seen the case pack. Does it actually have a Scorpion? Yeah, it's it? a, it's a Scorpion. Okay. Cause this, this is a new size in 39 because it, I guess it was what a 42 before. I think so. Cause there's like a larger version of this watch, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I take your word for it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sport watches the Amazonius 42. It looks like the Scorpion, but it's bigger. Interesting. But no, I love this watch. I saw the release. I saw the the marketing campaign with the with the lady diver, if you will. And uh, I was like, this is great. So guys, go out there and use that excuse so you can get yourself a new watch. Hey baby, you can wear it too. And hey, for us folks on this side of the pond, 980 euros on a bracelet, 930 on a rubber strap. Now that the dollar is crushing it, uh, it's the time to buy stuff overseas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I've been on those Seiko JDM websites and everything is like super marked down for us. So I'm like, Ooh. hey, don't no, No, it's not. It's extremely expensive. Oh, horrible. This economy. <laughs> don't don't risk it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, but so this watch actually inspired this episode this week because, again, I got sucked into their website and I was looking around at their stuff and I like a lot of the things Laco actually makes and they are a, a heritage Flieger brand and you know they're they go back to I think it's twenty six if I'm not mistaken. They're a bit of one of those. I don't want to say brands that don't get attention, but they're a little bit more of the what everybody likes to refer to as a deep cut, right? For yeah, as a, for the casual watch fan, brands like these are a little more deep cut. And so I guess I wanted to do an episode on some deep cuts, but also kind of more with cheese radio where we're not talking a vintage because those get really expensive and B yeah. really expensive, just kind of one offs. So I wanted to keep it somewhat reasonable. And, you know, by that, I don't mean cheap, but a lot of my picks are probably under a couple grand. I think I got one over. So 
I think I'm trying to keep it within the realm of, the, of our listenership, but also some off the beaten path stuff, which we'd like to talk about. And, uh, you know, people tag us all the time in, in pictures and uh, wrist shots. And they're like, look at this thing that I bought because I had no idea it existed. And now I love it. And I found it because you guys were on a tangent about some ridiculous, you know, ban- <laughs> banana 200 or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and I'll and I'll say this. I mean, so a lot of my picks are going to be going to be all over the price spectrum, but I wanted to really focus on some stuff that people probably don't know is out there, even at certain price points. But I wanted to make sure that we delivered, you know, something special, something innovative, something unique, complication-wise, material-wise, whatever, albeit maybe at a little bit more expensive price point, but something that makes sense and still is relatively obtainable. So there you go. And here's the thing, right? It's it's hard to make really gripping episodes for like the whiz, you know, like they're they already know pretty much everything that's out there, right? They pretty much have a grasp of the landscape and they're set in their ways. 100. But we also make episodes for the noobs, right? And that's fine. I mean, I, I think a lot of content this, these days is actually geared towards the noobs, right? When you see like the spec sheet from Hodinkee. Yeah. Right. You see and, and, and the it dudes on be. Warner Wound do like the the little interview video where the guy holds up the watch and they talk about it. A lot of the stuff is is kind of getting hooking hooking the people who are on the fence or getting into it and and that's fine. I mean we we've all been there and I think it's kind of a, a th- we we prefer to have people in than out, right? I, I at least I do. Right? We want to keep this thing going. We don't want it to die out and even though trends and hobbies kind of ebb and flow, uh you know, we need to influence that new and next generation of of watch nerd, right? So absolutely. Rock Cannot on. agree more. And so I know I have a lot of picks. I have a couple picks that are kind of homerish, but I've so I have a few that are in just brands that I don't see very often. And so I will kick it off with a brand that belongs to a popular group, but you just don't see a lot of, at least not in my neck of the woods. And that is Certina. I got here yes. because of the one I was talking about a couple weeks ago. That yeah, looks like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. it looks like a baby, no time to die. It's colored the same way. It has a similar colored NATO and it's actually a kind of a beast of a watch when you look at it specs wise. So from there, just like I was with the Laco where I wound up on their website, I wound up on Sertina's <laughs> website. I'm poking around and they have a lot of very sporty, very tooly watches, which are generally yeah. what I go for. Again, given my line of work, given sort of the active dad bro that I am. So I gravitate towards those and I wound up starting with, and I actually have a couple of them, but I, I started with the DS Action GMT. And they have a few different flavors of this one. And I'll give you some reference numbers here. Bear with me because these are kind of brutal. C032.429. Dot four twenty nine dot thirty eight dot zero five one dot zero zero. It's a neat GMT. This one is PVD coated. Okay. Pretty pretty stealthy, pretty blacked out. It's got a, a black and dark green kind of configuration to it. Very cool. You don't get this a lot. Obviously, you got this with the newer Rolex, but again, who the hell's touching that? I don't know. <laughs> um 43 millimeters 12.6 thick for gmt not bad 200 meter water resistance pretty awesome yeah. paramatic 80 gmt movement great so sick yeah now you can also get this in 
some different flavors here. You can get it in Pepsi. You can get it in Coke. You can uh, get different bracelet or strap configurations there. And there's also sort yeah. of a, in similar to this one, sort of the blacked out PVD coating, there's also a, instead of green, it's like a rust color. And they come in around a thousand bucks. I know that's not pocket change. It's not crazy for this hobby. I like them. I think there's there's some cool utility here. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I think you get some some pretty neat colorways that you're not getting anywhere else, and you get a watch that's sort of off the beaten path. I like the handsets, I like the markers, I like the GMT configuration. There's a and lot to a, like here, and it's a watch that's not very common in the United States, and we touched on this before. Yes. Sortina doesn't really sell in the U.S. And as far as I know, the only real authorized retailer of Sortina, I think, is Houdinki. And maybe maybe Teddy Baldassar now. Interesting. Maybe. I know he sells a lot of Swatch stuff. Yeah, he sells a lot of Swatch stuff. But um, but Sortina is a, is a brand that's focused heavily more so in Europe than in the actual United States. And they do well. That's there. why so many people don't know what it is because there's just... They just don't sell it here in the U.S., which is so crazy to me. But so many of our European listeners are like, yeah, Sertina is great. Like, it's a great watch uh, for, for what it is. It, it's like a Hamilton or like a Longines, right? Like, it's, it's just well-built, no fuss, no frills, just very simple, and it's going to work every single time. Yeah, and so while I'm here, I'll give you one more before I kick it over to you, and that is the... Uh, it's the Certina DS, and it's got pH 200 meter. I don't know what that stands oh, for. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, so, is this the vintage diver? Uh, it's a pretty vintage-looking diver. Yeah, it looks a lot like the uh, like an old Omega, kind of. So I'll give you the another painstaking reference here. It's C036.407.16.1. It's a little busy. It's a lot of stick markers, <laughs> but I really love the <laughs> kind of broadsword handset, the yeah. red hand, the sector dial action going on there. Yeah. And like I said, it looks like one of the vintage Omegas that I would love to own, but I can't get my hands on because I'm just not that baller. Um, but again, yeah, 43 I, millimeters, 13 thick, uh, powermatic 80 movement. I think this comes in at like 700 bucks. Like for 700 bucks, there's not a lot of really great stuff you can get and i feel like this is something that covers a lot of bases you get a lot of watch again maybe it's not the most popular watch on earth and people are going to kind of have to investigate is that a cwc is that an old omega no it's a satina but again you're not you're not going to go wrong with it It, it'll be exactly what you need it to be no again it's a great choice i mean i think um i think jason heaton many years ago reviewed this watch like diving in it like maybe one of the first versions of it um when certina relaunched it but it's cool looking watch like you said very vintage you know inspired it gives you kind of that um that banana 200 kind of feel yes you know that vintage omega feel uh but again for under a thousand well under a thousand dollars so i mean powermatic a movements are hard to beat you know certina is a great brand it's just we just don't know a lot about them because they haven't been sold here but guys, diversify. Go out and look for this stuff because it it is a, a there are great options outside of what everyone else is going to be wearing. Yeah, I mean, there was a time 
Grand Seiko wasn't sold in the U.S., right? There was a time Tudor wasn't sold in the U.S. Yeah. Look at those. Now those are all the more desirable models. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And these I are mean, sold Tudor, in the U.S. It's just not popular. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I remember when Tudor first relaunched in 2012. Like, that was a big deal. Tudor was finally back, you know? Like, it was the whole thing. Yeah. But there's so much more options out there than we even realize. It's just so many times we're not we're not being told where to find these watches in the right places or we're being told to look at the same things over and over and over again. And that can be, man. Yeah. It's marketing, man. It comes down to that. And, uh, sometimes it's good. A lot of times we all end up with the same watches at the same meetup. (laughs) And everyone's a little awkward at that moment. I hear that. All right. Why don't you give me one of your deep cut picks here? Okay, so I know that this was recently covered um, by our buddies at One and Wound, so I won't belabor that too much. But this is a watch that I have mentioned before on the podcast, but I really, 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 truly love this model. And uh, this is a Zodiac. We talked about them briefly earlier as we started the episode, but this is the new Zodiac Olympus, uh, but specifically the slate gray-blue colorway. Now, this is a watch that was born out of the 1960s, specifically 1961. It has a very unique watch design. It is not, uh, it's not like anything else I've ever seen. And basically, the K-shape is inspired directly from a manta ray. The dial has a quadrant uh, kind of finish to it. But instead of it being like painted with like a crosshair across the dial, each one of the quadrants is finished in a different kind of sunbrushing way where you can see that the dial has texture and it almost looks like, you know, the, like a, the grooves of a record. It's a gorgeous watch. It has a two o'clock crown, which is again, just insane. Very unique. Very, very, very unique. And what I love about this watch, especially this new particular version, which has stolen my heart is they do this slate gray, blue, gorgeous dial. And they do it with this seafoam green secondhand automatic script and a seafoam green date disc. I've never seen this on a watch before. And it's such a simple little detail that most people would never care about, but I absolutely love it. I really, really want this watch. Yeah, that date disc is actually really cool. It's it's just it's just so weird. Yeah, usually nope. you either have white or color match to the dial. Occasionally black, like the Alp, the the green alpinist, where it's green dial black with right white numerals. Where, where it's where it's close enough without making yeah. it color match directly, right? So this one they went with the secondary color that only matches the second hand, really. Yeah, but it's and I've, and I've never seen it like that before. Yeah, it's a I neat mean I've blue seen. Too. I've seen you know roulette dates, right? You got alternating blue or alternating black and red. Yeah, you know Love white it. or black. You know disc itself. I've never seen one accented in this way. And when you think about it and you look at it, you're like almost like, man, why don't all dates do this? Because it actually helps you see it. You know, it's kind of it's kind of yeah, weird. It's, it's a good contrast. It's so good and it's so simple and so subtle, and such a very small detail, but it just it's perfect. It looks good. And yeah. Zodiac, I know you guys are listening to this. 
the blue color you chose is phenomenal. It is so good. Yeah, this is one of my personal favorite color schemes because it matches. When I grew up, I yeah, I was a I was born in the '80s, so I grew up as a kid in the '90s. Nobody was cooler than Ken Griffey Jr. Played for the Mariners. <laughs> the Mariners came out with That's the right. alternate jerseys when him yes. and A Rod were on the team, where they had this these two yeah. blues, and it's still one of the best jersey hat combos it, of all it, time. <laughs> it's just it it's just such an elegant color combination because you have this idea that one's very sophisticated and then one's very playful and they juxtapose themselves so incredibly well. So Mike, if you're ever listening to this, your boy Schmidt would love to field test one of these. They're awesome. Uh yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that because this watch is amazing. It's gorgeous. Yeah, this is a good pick. This is and I didn't know that about the case shape that it was supposed to be a manta ray. Totally makes sense now that I look at it. Yep. It always yep. read as like a shield to me. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it kind of looks like a Tudor shield, right? But it's like no, it's a little it's designed bit. to look like a manta ray. I got like the Zelda shield. <laughs> That's all, all I could think of was <laughs> yeah. Link holding, holding the shield. Hold on, guys, we're gonna play the Ocarina of Time. <laughs> uh, That's talk a good about pick. A, talk about a deep cut, right? Yeah, dude, I can go on and on. I love retro video games. I know. So good. So good. But I love this watch and and it just came out. So if you guys haven't seen this watch before, go and check them out. They're on Zodiac's website. And there's three other colorways that they also have in this collection, but they've had them for a while. So there's an all black, more like a tuxedo looking watch, a cream dial with an orange second hand and a really, really classy, almost like Ventura-esque gold version um, that looks very, very good, too. So. All of them would be home runs. Yeah, that's a very nice pick, sir. I will go on to one from a brand that I have absolutely no experience with. I know I've seen them around. I've encountered them on the forum. Some people are fans of them. Some people are not. So this is from Alpina, which is a Swiss brand. Okay. Yeah. It is their Star Timer Pilot Heritage. Get ready for this one. AL-555 LN. S four H six B. So it's Why? a neat kind of barrel shaped watch. It's got two yeah. crowns. It's a GMT in sort of a non-conventional sense. 42 mils, 12.6 thick, hundred meter water resistance. Not bad for a GMT with multiple crowns. And it has sort of like a GMT disc as opposed to a, an extra hand so you have an arrow that kind of floats around the middle of the watch on a yeah. disc you have a an internal gmt bezel and then stick markers loom on the outside dated three uh kind of neat contrast you have a, a blue dial red second hand white outer ring white hands so you get a lot of captain america vibes here comes on a mesh bracelet which is pretty neat <laughs> captain america that's what i'm getting i'm looking at it and i'm thinking captain you know Listen, I was just talking about a shield, so I'm in I'm in that brain mode here. <laughs> um, the yeah, MCU has stolen your heart, huh? It is, and, uh, you know what? It's really it's really going in a weird direction. I'm hoping one of the movies will salvage it soon. <laughs> I'm not gonna hold my breath. <laughs> but uh, yeah, kind of a neat watch overall. Kind of an unconventional yes. GMT. It's got a K shape that I like a lot. Kind of similar to the Hamilton Pilots that they released recently. Yeah, 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 those W10 models. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, so I like obviously it. bigger, but you know, yes, definitely bigger. Uh, like a it that case shape gives it like a touch of a military feel, but I'm not getting military watch out of it, which is kind of neat. It's kind of unconventional. Definitely a different GMT sort of functionality here. Yeah, but it, uh, you know what it looks like. Um, again, we're <laughs> we talking about Omega recently, but it looks a lot like some of the Omega models from the 70s. Um, also, there was a few like JLC Memovox. That's what I get from it. The JLC you know, Memovox. Yeah, in and and more on the sporty side than the dressy side, but it has that same type of like dial or dial within the dial. You yes, know? exactly, exactly. And I'm not so cool. the best descriptor so cool. of images <laughs> I'm looking at, but I, I try. <laughs> no, no, it's good, man. It, it's awesome, and specifically this model, it's got the the blue sunray finish dial, right? Yes. Yeah, so good. So good. A little orange on the second hand, a big white chapter ring for the GMT. Again, the little triangle is actually what's indicating the GMT. So you don't have like an additional hand that's coming out, but it's so sleek. So sleek. Yeah. For a busy watch, it's still incredibly legible. And not cheap. Comes in around 1700 bucks. I don't think you'll pay 1700 bucks for it. But again, but, not pocket but- change. But even still, bro, I mean, when you think of the world of GMTs, okay, Seiko removed. Not much. How much do you normally... <laughs> I'll you be know, there, how not much. much. <laughs> Seiko, yeah, there's not a lot. And not and, and, and not a lot of, like, good Swiss brand GMTs. Yeah. And this is you box I mean? sapphire, mesh bracelet. It's not just, like, a standard, you know, on a NATO or an Oyster or... I don't know. Something different. Yeah. Very, very different. Yeah. All right, sir. Have at it. Your turn. Okay. So since we've been talking about Omega, I'm going to do an Omega deep cut um, because I need to set the record straight. I'm going to pick the Omega Railmaster. This is a watch that is so unbelievably underrated not only within the collection of Omega, but the entirety of the collection of watches in general, I feel. This watch, at the time of this recording, is probably one of the most price accessible Omegas on the planet at $5,200 retail. And it, to me, is the ultimate field watch. This is a watch that's readily available. It's completely obtainable. It's a Seamaster with 150 meters of water resistance. It's completely anti-magnetic because it delivers, you know, Omega's master chronometer movement. You can get it on NATO. You can get it on bracelet. This is a field watch for the modern explorer that's looking for a field watch. And what size is it coming at? It's 40. Very reasonable. It's 40 millimeters. It wears like a 39. Okay. And it's going to be, it's going to be completely impervious to anything that you're going to throw at it. Whether it's magnetism, whether it's water ingress, whether it's shock, whether, you know, and, and what's interesting about this watch, it's, it's, to my knowledge, the only Omega in the entirety of the collection that is fully brush finished. Sounds Not a lot right. of people know that. It's completely matted out. This is a utility watch. It's very stealth, like in a stealth this wealth is like kind a, of way. This is like a modern 1016. You know, it has that feel because... For me, when you look at 10, a 1016 Explorer 1 and you compare it to a modern-day Explorer 1, 
the modern day Explorer One is like the dressed up, suited up brother. A lot of flesh. It, it's all flash, especially with a high polished bezel. Like, what are you guys doing? Like the 1016 feels like the Explorer. Like it's rugged. It's simple. Doesn't have any extra, you know, applied numerals and all this nonsense stuff that it could actually come off when you're doing active things, right? No date. You just it's simplified as perfect as possible. To me, that's what this watch is. It's completely underrated. It's an amazing bracelet, an amazing case. It looks awesome on a NATO. It doesn't have an exhibition case back. So for all of you guys who are concerned about breaking sapphire crystals on your case backs, you know, doing active stuff, you don't need to worry about that. Is it a master chronometer? Yeah, it's master chronometer. Of course it is. <laughs> if, I mean, it's five thousand two hundred dollars. Stick a magnet to it, bro, and see if it does if it stops working. Do that with your Explorer One, and let's see if it stops working. So, for me, all of you guys are listening out there. If you have not given the Real Master a chance as a watch to be a viable competition for a true field watch, you're missing out because this watch is amazing. It's a watch I've always loved. I mean, the vintage Realmasters are absolutely ridiculous. Like the styling oh, on them, insane. Yeah. the aged styling is so good, and the way they patina it out is so good. And I yeah. can't afford any of those anymore either. But yeah, and that's the thing so nice. too. It's like, and and they didn't make that many of them. No. So, like, unlike a red letter Submariner, which they made in the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands, like some of these Omega models were only made in a few thousand pieces ever. So. When you talk about, like, yeah, I want to go get an original Railmaster, like, good luck. They don't really exist. And then you have they some of those. really sold that many. Some of those models that are like the Ranchero that I'm not really sure where they fit. Oh, yeah. But they all look the same in that well, same idea. <laughs> well, what's funny is, I mean, do you, do you know the story of the Ranchero? Uh, the only Ranchero I know is a car that looks like an El Camino. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, so completely side story, but since you brought it up. What's funny about the Ranchero is that was a watch that was made to basically be a, a, an, an adaptation of the rail master. And it was marketed in South and Central America during the 1950s. Okay. To Rancheros. Yeah, makes sense. Rancheros, in that particular name, is basically like a derogatory term for like a field hand or farm like hand. a farmer or farmhand, you know? So Omega called it the Ranchero and then marketed it to these people. <laughs> That we're doing the farming and field work, and it 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 didn't work out. <laughs> so it's like the Chevy Chevy Nova. Y- yeah, you ever hear that just... story? No. So Chevy marketed the Nova, and it was a big hit in the U.S. They sent it to Latin Spanish speaking countries, and it's Nova doesn't go. So nobody bought it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my! God. Well, they're not the only ones. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's exactly what happened. That's before you know market research and social media, right? So, so yeah, nobody bought the ranchero, which is why it didn't exist very long. But yeah, that's kind of the the, the funny story. Very interesting. So like, I don't want to buy the ranch hand watch. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, please give me one. <laughs> right, and especially to find like a white dial, Cichero or ranchero, dude. Oh my gosh, yeah, so rare. Anyway. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to interrupt this broadcast for a live update. Strap Habit has just messaged me. 18 millimeter is out. 19 Ooh. millimeter, two left. 20 millimeter, 
he might have a couple left. 21 and 22 have 20 left each. Folks, they're they're going. Okay, if this if there's even any left by the time this airs. Sorry. <laughs> That's gonna be amazing. Okay. Uh so let me piggyback on that by saying I know it, it's not November yet, but I am gonna talk about some balls. Watches that is. <laughs> um ball is a very storied brand that I feel like does not get much shine. And I, I really don't know why. I mean, they've been around a long time and I know they're the favorite of some people who let, like watchmakers seem, seem to love them. Yeah. So like the people in the know like these watches a lot. They're historic. They have, you know, tradition and history and all the stuff people usually like, but they're just not that ubiquitous amongst the watch community i mean yeah, I know some yeah, yeah. people are very into them like i've seen them on the forums they have some cool stuff going on the one that always gets me it's a little pricey it's the engineer m marvelite it's got like a very aggressive h-link bracelet is this part of the mcu no 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 this is this is a ball watch okay <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's got tritium big thick tritium uh markers on it it's you know, chronometer certified, it's like twenty five or twenty six hundred bucks. But it's it's a really really good looking watch. Now, sort of a shoot off of that, that's much more attainable at like fifteen hundred is the Fireman Victory, and I'll give you the reference. It's a hodgepodge, NM two o nine eight C dash S five J dash SL. It's a 40 millimeter watch, 11.3 thick, so very wearable. 100 meter water resistance. It's got some anti-magnetic property. It's got tritium markers, just like a lot of the other balls do. Now, here's where it gets cool. It has some different dial finishings you can get on it. So you can get an engine turn dial. You can get a sunburst engine oh, yeah, turn I dial. Yeah. Or you can get that, a... That's a pretty aggressive sunburst. <laughs> it is. It's, it, it reminds me of like Grand Seiko dial work. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. Or, or like a or like a cocktail time, you know, kind of yes. like that. Uh, yes, and yeah. then it has which I'm going to botch this. It's Claude Clou de, de Paris. Paris. Yeah, it's Clou de Paris. There we it go. It basically means the nail of Paris. It looks like mini pyramids from the top yeah. down. Yeah, it's basically what it looks like. Yeah, so that so that design pattern, so you know, and so our our listeners know, that was originally created when basically you would hit a nail into a piece of wood. The indentation from the nail that it would leave in the wood. Is where this this design okay. actually comes from. So picture so that's a, why it's called... four, a four-sided nail head is what we're right. looking, hitting yeah. straight down, and it it's going to leave a pyramid indent. And correct by moving it over, it's going to make a pyramid by doing it several times. Is the idea? Cor- yeah, yeah. Okay. Exactly. So, Understood. So it's literally like the nail of Paris. <laughs> okay. That's where it comes from. Okay. Yeah. Uh, H-link bracelet again. It's a little more subdued than the other one, but it's very sleek. And it's just a lot of production value for yeah. a $1,500 watch. Yeah, it's beautiful. And the tritium is amazing. And I feel like this is just an, an optimal wear of a watch. I would love to try one on. Again, I don't know who carries them or where you could find them or try them on at all. I don't even know yeah. if you can. But it's there's, always a there's brand. There's retailers that's... out there for sure. There's There are. And and I do, I, I do know they do a lot of sales online directly, like direct-to-consumer stuff too, so. 
but I've heard people who have them like rave about their watches and they're usually like ball enthusiasts as wild as that sounds. Uh, but yeah, no, they make really cool watches. I urge you to check their whole catalog out. I mean, they have some kind of off the reservation stuff that might not be your bag, but they also have some kind of conservative stuff and some artsy stuff. Definitely worth a, a flick through. If you're, if you're yeah. like me and you, you end up, uh, you wake up on the couch at 3 a.m. and you're like, I guess I'll browse the feed and then down the wormhole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Down the wormhole we go, right? Yeah. And and what's interesting, like this watch I like a lot because it's like a more a more conservative, like dressier version of like an Oyster Perpetual or like a Datejust. Yeah, it's sophisticated. Like it's like it's sleeker. It's got, you know, more curvature to it. It's a little bit more refined and it's polishing, you know, in terms of like not necessarily that the that the Rolex is not refined in its polishing, but the the edges and the the angles of the watch are much more pronounced than kind of more the rounded nature of a Datejust. So it gives you a lot of those vibes, but uh, but a little bit more kind of delicate looking um, from the profile. Yeah, I agree. And I, I just think it's a fun watch. I think for the price, not bad. You could pick it up and not really regret it. Again, I don't think a lot of these watches we're talking today might have the best resale of all time, but you know, people need overrated, right? People need to get over that. Watches about is about collecting things that are cool and they're fun. Not everything's gonna make you, you know, win the lottery. And that's you know, if you're if you're looking for that, hey man, you might be in the wrong business anyway. This is just about doing something that's unique. It's fun. It's about conversation pieces. It's about sharing a love of orology with different people that you meet. And if we all collected the same watch, we'd all have a very equally boring collection. Part of collecting watches is having something that's different yeah. and unique. Agreed. All right. So um, speaking of different and unique, I'm probably going to break the internet a little bit right here with what I'm about to say. Right, right. Um, because it's definitely not a watch person's watch brand. That I'm going to mention. And uh, to me. I just like the freaking watch. So. Here it goes. Okay. So my next pick is a watch. that's not very expensive at all. Relatively speaking. Retail price is $650. Now it is not a mechanical watch. It's quartz. But this is a watch called the Duck. That was made by the company Shinola. Now I know. Shinola is not really a watch person's watch company. Uh, I agree with you 100%. And I know that. And I recognize that. But I'm leaning into it. So bear with me. This watch I like for a lot of different reasons. Um, it's just fun. It's cool. The aesthetics are nice. It's a unique design language that is inherently its own. And I think, you know, as summer is, is waning... We're heading into into winter, and things are going to get a little bit darker, a little bit colder. I want something that's going to be indicative of, you know, more vibrant, more exciting, you know, more bright times. It's things that happen in the summer, uh, and the duck is certainly a watch that does that. Again, it's an odd name for a duck. It literally has a little rubber ducky on the dial, in a small way as part of the logo, but it's just fun. And it comes in a litany of different colors. You can get it on bracelet or on rubber strap. But 
there's like an all blacked out version, a yellow version, an orange version. Like these are watches that are just fun and playful. It's almost as if Nomos, you know, how, how expert they are in terms of playing with color and incorporating different type of design elements into their design. Like it's their and own simplicity. language. Yeah. It's simplistic in its design, but it's also inherently complicated at the same time. To me, it, that's what makes the design so powerful. Is is this watch the most accurate watch in the world? No. Is it the most technical watch in the world? No. It's just a watch that when I look at it, it makes me happy. You know what I mean? It's just fun. It's like that Mr. Jones watch. I was about to say. It, it, oh, it, it, sometimes old duck we, coming to every <laughs> blog near you. <laughs> you know, sometimes we sometimes. Sometimes we take ourselves too seriously when it comes to this hobby. And, and sometimes we need to take a step back and remember why we collected in the first place. And this is a watch that kind of gives me that vibe. It's like, I remember what it was like to be a young collector and an enthusiast. And like, this has been a watch that I could have seen myself wearing. And even now as an older person, I, I would, I would love to wear this watch, especially the orange one. It's like orange dial, orange rubber strap. You know, yellow, like bright yellow and blue in there. It's just like it's such a good color combination, such a good layout that I think we we got to bring some attention to it. So there you go. Shinola Duck. I never thought I'd say it. Um, I'm not the guy who typically talks about Shinola because I know what they are as a fashion watch brand, but it's kind of cool. So sometimes, you know, you can't always throw shade. No. And you know what? There's a fun saying about Shinola, but. That's, you know, I, I've always wondered the origins of that, but I, I have no idea what it could be. Um, I, I guess at that point, Shinola was probably a prestigious brand. Well, but no, you know what they used to make, right? No. Shoe polish. Oh, so I guess it would be on your foot. Oh, that makes yes. a lot of sense. Yeah. That's where the whole saying comes from. I figured it was <laughs> somebody shopping for watches and buying... No, 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 no. It was, an actual turd as opposed to a Shinola. Yeah, no, no, no. It was uh it's because they 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 that's how they that's how they existed. They manufactured shoe polish. Okay. That's why their case backs they kind of look like a you know, they're a in can? that round yeah, it looks like okay. a can. That makes a lot of sense yeah. now. But yeah, this so. is a cool little watch. I mean, I I almost wish it was a little smaller, like the seem like it would be a very fun watch in like a 37 38 give it six months and i guarantee there's gonna be a 39 yeah, millimeter 42 version. is a little aggressive for this kind of simple styling because again i talk about it all the time how like when you have a simple dial and things are very laid out it sometimes yeah. a bigger watch will seem kind of spacey i yes. like the layout i like the colors they've got going on i'm in between the two blue models whether it's there's one that's like a a very subdued dark blue and it fades gradient style out to black and it's got a black bezel with blue accents it's pretty cool and it's but it's very oh, yeah, very yeah. pale and yeah. then there's one that's like a cobalt blue with sky blue hands and a yellow second hand yeah that one's kind of like the fourth of july threw up a little bit yeah but i'm kind of into it it's cool it's got a black yeah, bezel I, that kind of brings that, it home that's that's what i'm saying it's so. like i don't know what it is about their color language but when I look at it, I'm just like, this looks fun. Like I colors that I would have never put together on a watch, they just all work. You know, like even the lime green one is kind of cool. Yeah, these sort of remind me of like swatches in that regard. Like it's got a bunch of fun colors put together in a traditional sort of sense. Yeah. But it's obviously not not the 
the wrist watch that everybody yeah looks for low key my favorite one of all of them is the completely blacked out version like the black on black like i just think it looks very like the white outlines yeah yeah like very dark night type just very minimalist but of course that one is the one that sold out naturally (laughs) naturally right naturally but yeah there you go all right I I'm gonna try to wrap this up because I think this is starting to get towards our usual uh, ending mark. But I I'll uh, I'll shoot for the moon with my last one. So this one, I mean, I can't help myself. I always have to toss something Seiko in here. I think so this is actually a Grand Seiko, and it's one that again I stumbled upon just scrolling, looking for things that people don't have that often. Yeah, and. They can you can on their site you can sort by movement you could sort by collection so I happen to just click spring drive because I'm a fan and I stumbled upon this model it turns out it's a boutique only model so that explains why it's not overly popular but there's a lot of them for sale online it is the SBGA four zero one this one is very interesting to say the least so it's black dial appears to be a sunburst finish okay it's got rose markers yeah. rose hands and then red text so white grand seiko red spring drive on the bottom and that's it kind of plain so weird but this is a it's just a neat looking combination and it's something that you don't often see especially from grand yeah. seiko um they've made some watches that look similar to this in the really expensive lines that are all rose yeah, but in this all steel case, and it is steel. It's not titanium like the Grand Seiko. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Weird, weird. Uh, I I don't know where to place this, but I kind of dig it. It's 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 funny that you say that because like when I look at this, I'm like, this is Grand Seiko. But then I look at it further, I'm like, but it's not Grand Seiko. You know, it's like it again. It's like the the weird elements with like you know the gold hands on a black. Cause like, don't they typically do like? blue with gold or i don't know it's just looks good though yeah it's like a little aggressive but it's also pretty subdued because it's it's a rosy gold and the dials yeah dark i don't know so it's something about it kind of grabbed me and i'm i'm like this is i feel like for a grand seiko nerd this is a home run and it for a spring drive to be 4900 retail yeah like that seems like a decent deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah don't go I mean, telling the, anybody the 9fs, <laughs> the 9fs are coming in around yeah three ish so like you know for yeah. spring drive like that's some really pretty sweet technology packed into this thing I mean, yeah i don't know and it, you know you're getting crazy finishing and all the rest of that so yeah for sure you know if, you, if this is like your only nice watch i feel like this is kind of a, a sneaky pick i like it man i like it and so with that sneaky pick, I got to give my last one. Okay. This is a brand that I don't ever really typically talk about, but I felt the need to do it here um, because they've really created something that's truly impressive. This is a Frederick Constant Slimline Perpetual Calendar Manufacturer. Reference number FC775G. 4S6. So the name is everything that this watch is. 
It's a 42 millimeter case. This particular version has like a dark gray dial, a matching blue alligator strap. And this is a perpetual calendar moon phase in-house movement. So it's not a modified version of a movement. It's an in-house caliber from Frederick Constant. Uh, it's absolutely stunning, even though it is a very simple design movement. But this complication comes in at $9,395. That's insane to me. For what you are getting, it is insane. <laughs> I know people will scoff at that and say it's a Frederick Constant. That's, That's they make fine. Lot, they make a lot of homage watches, right? They make a lot of things that look like paddocks. Yeah. I mean, no, there's no shame here, but they built a perpetual calendar with a moon phase and they can sell it for under $10,000. I don't care who you are. That's impressive. Yeah. Paying for this in, like I said, paddock, JLC, you are going to spend a redonkulous amount of money. And it's not an ugly watch at all either. Like it's a very nice looking timepiece. Now, again, is it is it, you know, riffing on other pieces? Absolutely. There's no shame in that. A lot of brands do this. We, we act like we're surprised, but it's just the fact that a brand can make an in-house movement. And again, when you flip it over, it looks like all Frederick Constant movements like it's in-house. It's their manufacturer and they can do this and then they can sell it for under 10 grand is is truly impressive to me. Yeah. The in-house part is really what what grips me. That and I I actually love the contrast. The blue they picked for the moon phase is spectacular yeah. against that dial. Yeah, it looks it's it's really it's a really attractive looking yeah. watch. Aside from that, I mean, it it looks like the watch that I've always wanted and can't afford. I mean, I still probably can't afford this, but it, I'm closer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but at least there's you know at least you could get a perpetual moon phase. You know, hey. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so, no, this that's, is that's definitely an, a, a deep cutter here, a neat pick, something off the reservation a little bit. My yeah. buddy Luke, who's on the show with us, actually really likes this watch, and he has brought this up to us before where he said perpetual under 10 grand in-house. Okay. Like yeah. he's he's actually mentioned this one to me. So that's kind of neat that you brought this up. That's that's funny. That's funny. Great minds think alike. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool watch. So if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's very cool. It's just a classic looking watch in a very expensive, but yeah, inexpensive for what it is. Package. Exactly. It's like this should be this should be four times the cost, right? At least a, five times the cost. Yeah. But uh yeah, I think that one definitely wraps this episode up very well. I think that kind of embodies what we were looking to do here. We had mostly affordable-ish stuff, but you know, we like to sh- you gotta shoot for the moon once in a while, but uh, you know, you gotta give the the Absolutely. diversification of price ranges and collectors and stuff so i think that was a good way to end we had some flashy stuff uh but overall a lot of fun um i don't always like talking about the watches that are on everybody's wrists the one that are the ones that are in my watch box or the ones that you see on all the fancy publications or in the influencer videos and things sometimes you just want to talk about some stuff that's neat and uncommon yeah absolutely you know and i think that's part of part of what i like doing about part of why i like doing the show is because people always say you know what what made you want to start doing some podcasting and stuff i said you know what because i don't i, I want to talk watches i don't always want to talk watch memes i don't always want to make fun of watches sometimes i just want to talk about some stuff that is just out there 
you know, and you don't get that. You just don't get that opportunity. You don't meet enough watch people in general to do, to have that. So to be able to do that, you know, once a week or once in a while, at least a lot of fun. So uh, I guess so I'll leave that leading into our one year episode. That's insane to think about. I know. I, I can't believe it's been 52 weeks. I can't believe people are listening 52 weeks in. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 what surprised me the most. I mean, on the uh the the eve of the week we're going to record our next our next episode 52. Um it's kind of surreal. You know. Yeah, I mean, as it both an accomplishment and uh you know a uh, a feat having people kind of stick with us and, and hang out with us every week yeah it, it's it's truly amazing i i honestly didn't know if we would make it this far i really didn't i mean it's tough you it's it's certainly a dedic- dedication it's certainly work you you have to plan you have to plan ahead you have to <laughs> i mean how many times you're like i'm gonna be out of out of the state or out of you know on business you know you you think you'd line something up yeah okay i'll try <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i mean we haven't missed a week so we we have not missed a week i have missed a few weeks but i it, i think it's only been what two or three times maybe i don't think it's been that many probably three three or four three something like that three or four okay but yeah not bad not bad at all not bad so thanks for hanging with us again we'll see you next week on the one year with cheese radio episode Peace. Peace.